0: welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Get a mock going here in just a moment. I think the draft room is actually loading. Cross your fingers that people actually show up for it. This is a bonus episode of Fantasy NBA Today, and I thought this one was actually more important to do than more, most of our recent ones, specifically because Yahoo has adjusted their draft board, and so now we got to see where everybody's going as a result of those draft board tweaks. Um, we got a minute or two before the draft actually opens up. I we're in the room here, but we'll wait and see if people are actually showing up for it. First of all, I'm Dan Vesperus at Dan Vesperus. If you're tuning in for the first time, please do come find me on social media. That is the handle, twitter.com slash Dan Vesperus. SportsEthos is sportsethos.com. That's the website. And Ethos Fantasy BK, Ethos Fantasy BK is uh, where you can check them out on Twitter. I am going to throw our Discord link into the. chat room on YouTube for this one. So that'll be a way that you can find it. It's also in the show description. If you want to go digging through there as well, that's another pretty easy way to locate it. We do now have a free side setup uh, on the sports ethos discord. In addition to all the cool stuff you get, if you're signed up for the premium service, which of course we'll have the brewski 150 in a matter of weeks. That's the fantasy pass NBA fantasy pass or all sport fantasy pass. Those get it uh, in the middle of October And Ethos 360, which comes with betting, DFS, football, baseball, and basketball. Pretty sweet. That gets the Brewski 150 towards the earlier part of October. So check those things out. And do like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. subscribe, You guys know the drill at this point. Uh, About a minute to go before the draft gets underway. It looks like all 12 teams have shown up for this one. A hot diggity dog. We'll get ourselves a good little draft going. I am in pick number 9. Which before was maybe my least favorite spot to be, but with the draft board rearranging here, um, I don't know that that's going to necessarily be the case. You know, Looking at it, and hopefully you guys can see on the screen what I'm talking about here as I enlarge it for you. Uh, Lamelo Ball is now the number 8 guy, and we'll have a show later on today, by the way, uh, here on YouTube and the Fantasy NBA Today podcast channels, going over some of these Yahoo changes to their pre-rank board, but it's going to impact ADP. Lamello's going to go earlier, now that he's up at 8 in X-rank. Uh, Kyrie's going to go earlier. They moved him up to 9 in X-rank, even though people seemingly wanted to draft him later, they bumped him up anyway. Draft actually is underway now, so we'll get rolling here. Uh, Among other things, Giannis now at the end of the first round. He's number 12 by uh, pre-rank, although he was kind of going there anyway. Um, Dame moved down a couple of slots. We'll get to these as they show up. Top of the board is relatively static. Uh, Shea slid into the number 5 spot and actually just got drafted at 4 behind Jokic. Doncic and Embiid, those are your top three, so Embiid and Doncic kind of flip-flopping here. Then Shea goes fourth, even though his X-rank was five. Previously, his X-rank was six, so he moved up a little bit. Tyrese Halliburton moved down. Steph goes five. That's kind of interesting. Don't usually see him going before Tatum and Halliburton, but one would assume those will be the next two names off the board at six and seven. Seven. There goes Tatum at 6, quite reasonable. I personally would prefer Halliburton over a handful of these dudes. Giannis goes 7. Someone's getting an absolute steal of the century at 8 with Halliburton. Come on, Fergus, you know you're taking Tyrese. Don't make me wait 30 seconds to find out. Yep, there he goes. So now it's me at 9. I'm not going LaMelo Ball because I'm not going to punt field goal, and that's the way that he gets to this spot. Kyrie is a possibility at 9 for me. I'll put a star on him. Uh, KD is a possibility at 9 for me. I'll put a star on him as well. So uh, coming down to those two guys, the question is really, who do I think has the higher upside? I'll go Durant there. Um, I know there's fear of a bunch of missed games, and I get it, but your other options are not particularly not particularly nice at that spot. Because you've got Lamello, who gets there only in a punt build. You've got Kyrie, who takes games off. Anthony Davis goes at 11, even though his pre-rank got shuttled down to 14. So that was a guy I was wondering if maybe he might get back to me in the second round. But uh, the answer there is no. Trey Young, his pre-rank got pushed all the way up to 17. And he gets drafted at 12. And paired with LeBron James at 13, I don't like that pick at all. Adebayo goes 14. I also don't like that pick especially with this dude pairing him with Anthony Davis. That's a really strange combo. Kyrie's still on the board. I got a feeling he's going here, though. Yeah, so he went right in front of me. I almost got Kyrie coming back at 16. That would have been pretty awesome. Durant and Kyrie reunited on my fantasy team. Not quite. So I'm at 16 now. Um, You know, Dame has all these questions hovering around him. I don't know how you pass up on a mid-first round per-game guy like Lillard at 16, The only way you do it is to go something like Sabonis, who might get there by the totals method. But I'll go Lillard. I'm just going to let it run down so I can talk about it. Dame at 16 makes a lot of sense. I didn't like Dame at 8, but I do like him at 16. And I feel like this whole saga is going to sort itself out over the next month. So hopefully that doesn't run into the beginning of the season. That would be annoying. Um, It's a reason to continue to have your drafts much closer to the start of the season than this but in my heart of hearts, I think Dame will be either on the heat or playing back with the Blazers. Something is going to settle by opening night, and so getting him at 16 is uh, is a pretty good deal. At least that's how I feel about it. Ant-Man goes 17. He's more of a totals play, although I do think that uh, with him going 17 instead of like 11 or 12, that's a little bit better. Donovan Mitchell at 18 is a reasonable pick. I like him there as a, a pretty safe play. Devin Booker at 19. You guys saw my show yesterday. I, I think Booker is uh, not is not going to be a second rounder this year. Maybe he gets there by totals, but he hasn't been super healthy the last few seasons either. Sabonis goes twenty. Um, I don't think he stays at twenty much longer. Yahoo bumped him up to sixteen in their pre-rank board. So uh, in my in my, I'm guessing a little bit here, but sort of this educated guess moment, I do think he ends up going a little bit sooner, but I like Donovan Mitchell at, or not Donovan Mitchell. I like Sabonis at twenty if he falls that far. Jimmy Butler goes twenty one. Uh I'm I'm not that excited about him at twenty one. He he got a little bit of a bump up the board, uh, as a result of a few guys being moved down in this last rearranging. Larry Markenden being the big mega dropper. Took a his pre rank took a huge dump here between arrangings uh, jjj goes 22 uh, that see now that's a good spot to get him 12 no end of the second round hell yes i would love to get jjj at the end of the second round someone who's got like mb or halliburton or something is going to be able to pair that dude with jaron jackson and you've got a really nice first two because i know jjj is limited in terms of the stats that he can provide but getting him in the first round that's a huge issue. Get him in the second, it's not the same thing. Mikhail Bridges falls all the way to 23. That's sort of a, a layup pick at that point, because you know you're going to get him out there playing ball games. DeJounte at 24, that's too early for him in my book. He you know, he he got bumped up in this latest build as well from 35, 36 up near 30. Um, I I don't like the move forward. He was someone that I liked as a safe pick at 35. I don't think there's any safe there. 6 to 12 slots earlier. Desmond Bain falls to 25. I can dig it. I like that he's probably going to start to go a little bit later on this rearrange. Cat goes 26, despite the fact that he got dropped all the way to 39 on the pre rank board. And maybe some of this has to do with people doing mocks right now are a little bit crazy. I think at some point, Cat, you'll see his ADP drop. If Yahoo drops him, ADPs tend to follow. Pascal Siakam at 27, hard pass. Could get traded. Was number 43 per game last year with not a whole lot of places for him to go up there. Marking at 28 is a much more reasonable spot for him as opposed to 24, but he might go even later than that. PG at 29. Uh, Paul George, for me, I'm going to need to get him in the 30s if I want it. And finally, Kawhi goes off the board at 30. That's a crazy steal. James Harden at 31, also a steal. I don't care that he's embroiled... In his own trade demand nonsense. Getting those dudes at 30 and 31 is obscene. I'm assuming Fergus is going to take my guy Freddie Van Vliet here. Not that I actually want Freddie all that much, but at 32, yeah, there he goes. You have to take him at 32. So all the guys that I wanted went off the board, 30, 31, 32. That leaves me with a little bit of a mess at 33. Uh, I'm looking Miles Turner to shore up some of the defensive stuff because KD's got some blocks. I like that. Dame doesn't do a whole lot there. Um, other guys that are near the top of the board that could beat this per game marker besides Miles would maybe be Vooch. That's basically it. So I'm almost definitely going Miles Turner here. There he goes to my team. I would have much preferred Kawhi, Harden, or Van Vliet, but they got cleared out. Uh, so I went with the big man. Blocks are quite available, or big men stuff is available as you go, but you're not going to get that many big men that don't. Obliterate your free throw percent in that little quest. And my team is very good at foul shooting right now. KD and Dame are outstanding. Miles Turner is like decent enough. He's not terrific there, but he's not really hurting you. What I do need is steals. I'm low on steals. I'm okay on threes. Not too worried about that. Scoring should be pretty good. Um, I know Miles is not a big scorer, but he's not going to tank you. And, and I've got KD and Dame. So it's mostly steals and rebounds and kind of a weird combo of things that I'm missing right now. Field goal percent is not great, uh, but KD can take care of a good chunk of that as well. Cade went right after Miles at 34. He's very much a build guy. Then Tyrese Maxey at 35. Sweet baby Ray. Wembenyama goes 36th. Yahoo bumped him down the board, and uh, this is putting him closer to a maybe all-considerate type of spot with him. Jalen Brown at 37, that wipes most of his safety value away. Darren Fox at 38, that's fine. It's unspectacular. And Christoph Porzingis at 39 is kind of a nice shot to take. I said I needed steals. That guy would basically be Drew Holiday right now. So I'll go ahead and put him at the top of my queue. Uh, Vooch is the guy I would be taking here if I didn't badly need steals because I think he just mashes over this value. So maybe I'll go Vooch and I'll worry about steals next time. Yeah, let's go Vooch here. And I got put on auto-pick even though I had a Q set. That's BS, man. If you set a Q, I don't think it should put you on auto-pick. Maybe it assumes that I've set a longer Q. Vooch at 40, I had to do it. I had to do it. Because he's a mid to late 20s per-game guy. He's shown himself to be extraordinarily durable. And my first two picks, frankly, first three picks, are all guys that are either missing time or embroiled in some sort of thing right now. So I needed to do that was going to be out there for mid-70s in games and hopefully more. Chicago blowing things up would be a problem. Yes, that would be problematic. Uh, And that's a fear with Vooch. But I'm guessing he'll play basically every game on the way to whatever that potential Chicago decision might be. So um, decent number of you guys have actually tuned in for this mock. Hi to those watching live. And greetings, of course, to everybody watching after the fact. Please take a moment here in between stuff. I haven't been hitting you guys with much promo lately, besides just liking and subscribing. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening, please do subscribe to the podcast. This is a bonus episode. We're throwing these mocks out on the regular channels. I know they're a little bit weird, but it is why I try to read every name in case you're listening after the fact. You can't see it on the board. Um, So please do take a moment to do that stuff. Right after my Vooch, Holiday went off the board. Then DeMar DeRozan, who got bumped up a little bit here on this new board. um, That's a shame because he was an easy win going uh, in the 50s. Walker Kessler goes 43. Actually, I'm going to pull up the actual draft board here so people can see what's going on. Evan Mobley at 44. I don't mind those... Um, if you're going to go Kessler this early, you got to make sure you have some free throws, but he's he'll rack up some pretty big-time defensive and rebounding numbers. Mobley will get you kind of a, a lower quantity of those, but also won't completely wreck you at the foul line. He'll just sort of ding you there. Darius Garland at 45, I'm fine with that. Brunson at 46 is really nice, actually. He was going way too early in the first like four weeks here of mock drafts. This is much more close to where he should be going. Jordan Poole at 47 kind of wipes his stuff out. Giddy at 48. Yeah, I can't I can't uh, take the plunge on that. Same story with Alper and Shengun as the next one at 49. I haven't seen anything from Shengun to make me think he's going to be 49 on a per-game basis this year. If he's healthy, I guess he could get near there by totals, but that's not what I'm gunning for at this point of a draft. Jamal Murray, 50. That's fair. Safe, fun play. I'm okay with that, although I'm fading the nuggets for the most part this season off the championship. Zach Levine at 51. That's a gimme. Easy call to make at that point. Nick Claxton at 52, also kind of a layup. Um, so all good stuff there. Let's go back to the board now since I've got a turn coming up in a, in a couple of picks here. OG goes 53. I'm not targeting Ananobi this season, but if he falls into the 50s, I would strongly consider it because he was number 27 per game last year. Big, big, big steals numbers, and I actually kind of need that in this draft right now. I I, I don't want to, like overdo it, and take a guy that I don't want just because I need rebounds. Vooch certainly helped in that regard, so it's not as big of an issue. And like right now for me, I need steals, and OG would be that guy, and he's gone, and Jalen Williams is probably the next steals guy on the board. But I'm not going to go just take Jalen Williams because I need steals, because there will be more down the list. You can see I scroll through here, Marcus Smart, Markel Fultz, Tyus Jones, these are all guys that Yahoo has pretty high on the Steels board, and there will be others that are not super highly projected by Yahoo. They're out there. My turn, by the way, is Holmgren goes 54. That's interesting for him. Scotty Barnes, 55. Julius Randle, 56. So, like, normally at 57 here, I'd probably go Aiton or Jared Allen, but I do have a bunch of centers already. So, Bradley Beal is intriguing to me at this spot. Um... God, these centers are really the stuff that I'm looking at here. And if I'm not going center, I'm going to get myself some points because I didn't go big points in the third round or really even the fourth. Let's shore up some scoring. Beal should be fine at steals. Not great. He actually does block around a half a shot, so um, that helps cover a little bit of that with Miles and KD. Still a steals issue kind of looming over my team. But the threes, the points... The boards are better, if not great. Assists are a bit on the low side as well. I kind of overlooked that a tad. Dane will get you, you know, six or seven, probably six if he gets traded. Beal, probably five and change this year. KD, five-ish. But I don't have that one big assist guy. So really what my team lacks right now is a point guard. Lucky for me, there's a couple of old sons of guns. I cleaned up that phrase on the fly that can uh take care of that one of them is Chris Paul who I don't really want to take at 64 but assists and steals are probably all he's going to be doing with the Warriors this year and I feel like my team is in pretty damn good position on almost everything else on the board good percentages all of my guys with the exception of Dame are pretty good at both actually now, if I wasn't so hard up on steals and assists, I don't think I'd be going Chris Paul here. If you want to go way down the board, you can look at Smart and Fultz, but I think they've, uh, there's a shot those guys will actually be there coming back. If I was just going best player available at 64, I'm probably going Jared Allen here. Ayton, I'm not quite as high on. Uh, but again, I badly need assists and steals, so I'll take the plunge on Paul about 5 to 10 slots earlier than I would have wanted to. Um, But that, again, is really about filling out a slot on a team that, frankly, is a little bit on the old side. Now, going forward, I've got a lot of stuff covered here. I don't have anyone on my team that's truly bad at assisting. So that's why having, I think, Chris Paul, who'll probably still get 7-plus this year, blend in with Dame at 6, Beal at 5, KD at 5, Miles at 2, Vooch at 3. The fact that there isn't, like, that... Half an assist, one assist guy in the mix, at least so far. My team should be able to stay afloat in that. Probably could still use some more steals, but I think we can gather a few of those as this draft goes with some of our kind of take a shot guys towards the end. Um But now I think I can really just go back to getting the guy I want. I feel like Chris Paul was the one time I had to kind of just take a dude. Earlier than I wanted to to shore up a category, make sure that it didn't get away from me, because there aren't that many assist guys later on. At least not ones that have other don't have other glaring problems with their game. Um, and like for instance, if the crop of guys I was looking at before, if they get back to me, like uh, faults for instance, who's kind of interesting. His X rank is seventy eight now. Like he and Marcus Smart were interesting to me when they were going at ninety five. In the mid-70s, I'm not that excited about it. I will say that Cam Johnson still being on the board is kind of surprising. Let me read off a couple of the picks that that popped up here since my last one. Uh, Zion, no, that was before me. Um, I got a lot to catch up on here. Uh, what was the last one I talked about? It was uh, my Bradley Beal, I think. We're a long way from that. So, um, Franz Wagner, Brandon Ingram, and Jalen Green finished up the fifth round. Wow, early on Jalen. Kuzma, buddy healed Zion, started the sixth. Then I had Chris Paul. He was followed by DeAndre Ayton, Paolo Banquero, Jalen Williams, Derek White, Jared Allen finally going near the end of the sixth, as does Brooke Lopez. Those are huge values on centers. Miles Bridges, ugh. Devin Vassell, I don't really trust the Spurs to play their guys every day. Gobert, first pick of the seventh round. That's an easy call. Anthony Simons in the seventh, I'm good with. There goes Cam Johnson, Tyler Hero, uh, all early seventh rounders now. And honestly, that's fine. You know, mid-70s. Gobert at 73 is crazy late. I thought last year went about as horribly as it could for him. And he he still was able to beat that mark. But I get it. He's beat up at this point. We're all assuming Dame is traded. If so, Simons at 74 is, is very reasonable. Klay Thompson goes 78. Terry Rozier goes 79. I'm uh, on deck right now. And I can start to take the guys that I want. So I think Jeremy Grant is going to have a pretty damn big year because Portland gave him a crap ton of money. And uh, he's going to try to take control of that team at some point. He'll be battling with Anthony Simons for control. But, yeah. I mean, I kind of have to go Jeremy Grant here. There are other guys on the board that I like a lot. um, But we saw Grant. I mean, look, I I I want to get out in front of my skis here. Jeremy Grant was number 69 last year on a season played heavily with Damian Lillard. And I can get him at 81, you're telling me? Oh, yes, absolutely. He beat that by a round with the star player on the team. Knocked Dame out. If you remember the, the three, four weeks Dame missed last year early in the season, Jeremy Grant was like number 45. I really do believe that he could be a 40s, 50s range player this year. Chris Middleton goes 82. By the way, Clint Capella went 80 right in front of me at Grant. Andrew Wiggins at 83, Uh eh, it's a little boring, I guess. That's fine. Jaw goes 84, which I just, I can't advocate the jaw thing. I, I know some team is going to get a big shot in the arm in December, but that team might be clawing from way down. End of the seventh round is, all right, I guess, like, you're not giving up that much. But he's also kind of a build guy. If you're punting turnovers, though, I could see where maybe you try to sit on it. How many IL slots does your league have? That's also relevant. CJ McCollum goes 85. Kind of a boring, safe pick there, but it'll be fine. Keegan Murray goes 86. Also a little boring in my eyes. Mark Williams, 87. That's fine. That's probably about where I would look at him. All right, so now I got smart and Fultz that actually came back to me. I also love Jakob Purtle here and Mitchell Robinson, and I like Tobias Harris, and I like Tyus Jones. This is one of those weird spots where I have a bunch of guys that I'd love to get. (sighs) Who's my favorite in that mix? It's probably Pirtle. All right, we'll go Jakob. So that's my first bad free throw guy. I think my team should be able to handle it, but a nice boost in defensive stats and rebounds and field goal percent. If I didn't go Pirtle there, uh, I probably would have gone false. I thought he was really good last year once he got his legs underneath him. Finished at number ninety-one, um, but uh, you know some chunk of that was due to earlier season slow play from faults. Last like two months, I think he was in the seventies. He's still on the board, by the way. Marcus Smart eighty-nine, Trey Murphy the third ninety. I'm not sitting on him for two months to see what it turns out to be. Jabari Smith Jr. at ninety-one. Not a bad shot to take there, but probably not the direction I go. Mitchell Robinson at 92. That's a gimme at 92. Austin Reeves at 93. Yeah, that's fine. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area. Find the best deals on game day drinks and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. I'm not that high on Reeves. I'm hoping that he continues to slide in drafts, and then I might at least sort of uh, get a look at it. Uh, Jaden McDaniels at 94, Jalen Duran at 95. By the way, quick reminder, if you are watching live, you can throw some comments in the YouTube chat. I get distracted by them every once in a while, but I'll I'll try to loop back around at the end of the mock and uh, give a few thoughts on that stuff. Bobby Portis at 96? Scoot at 97, Jonas Valanciunas at 98, I, Gary Trent Jr. at 99. Trent is fine. I'm not super excited about the last six or seven picks I've seen here. I uh, The upside is, I like Duran, so I don't want to be a dick about that one. The other ones, though, uh, limited upside. Scoot is an upside play, but it'll be a slow start. Rookie stuffs. Aaron Gordon at 100. Nah, I don't like that one either. Aaron Gordon finished at number 161 over the last three months last year. And for the season, he was 124. But only because he shot an unseasonably warm 56% from the field. There goes Tyus Jones. Finally, someone made the upside play on Tyus Jones. All right, it's getting close to me now. Is Daniel Gafford? That's another one I like. Another player I was looking at off the board here. The players that I'm still looking at are Markel Fultz, Tobias Harris, uh, John Collins are probably the top three. And then if we clear that rung, then I'm looking at guys like Melton, Okongwu, Draymond Green, even Spencer Dinwiddie, who's like kind of a boring top 100 point guard type, but fits a need this late in a draft. You get assists at this juncture. is pretty good. I can't believe Marco Fultz is still on the board. Is there something going wrong there that I hadn't heard about? He was their point guard, like far and away the best one the team had for the second half of the season last year. I'm surprised by the Markel Fultz hate. Yeah, he was top 70 the last couple of months. I don't know. They hate him. There goes Draymond. Now it's me. I mean, I did not think Markel Fultz was going to get to me at 105, but now I feel like I kind of have to do it. Um, Tobias Harris, John Collins, Spencer Dinwiddie, those guys are going to have to wait. I, I'm, I'm going false for now because he's still there. Didn't think he was going to get back to me there at 105, but we'll do it. Screw it. I don't need three pointers, uh, that badly. Grant, Beal, Lillard, Miles Turner, even these guys are hitting them. And I'm sure one of the guys I'm going to take here in the last couple of rounds is also going to hit three pointers. By the way, great mock draft. Everybody's sticking around the whole way through. This is going longer than I thought. I thought we'd be in and out of here in 25 minutes. Not to be today. Reminder to once again, please like and subscribe. Uh, So John Collins went right after me at 106. Jordan Clarkson, 107. Wendell Carter Jr., 108. Ben Simmons, 109. Bruce Brown, 110. I like the Collins pick there. Wendell will be fine safe plotting center. Simmons is a little bit of a shot. Bruce Brown at 110. A little bit of boring play, but he'll be fine. Anya Kongwu goes 111. Shoot, that was probably the one that I was thinking about going. I'll go Tobias Harris. If Harden gets moved, this is a guy that has posted top 50 value for extended stretches in his career. Um, good percentages guy. Rebounds, well, not many defensive stats, but you know what? I don't know that they're an issue for me anymore. I think between Paul, Fultz, and Pertle, I banged out a whole bunch of defensive stats on that run. So Tobias helps me shore up percentages again. Um, does a little bit of everything. Cool with that one. Then there goes Dinwiddie. So that was kind of the last of that chunk of players I was looking at. Now I turn to the next crop, which is the, all right, so all of the, almost all of the what you'd call sort of guaranteed playing guys are done now. There's probably one or two left in there that I'm not scanning very quickly, but like Zach Collins is interesting, DeAnthony Melton is interesting. This is when you start clicking off guys. Mike Conley is going to be very boring, but he does have some appeal. Shaden Sharp, uh, Ivica Zubats goes 114, Shaden Sharp goes 115, by the way, while while we're talking there. I'm not into Trey Jones, I'm not into into D'Angelo Russell, although I admit, if D'Lo gets to me at 130, I might have to do it. So we'll throw him on the board as well. P.J. Washington should be decent, but there's a a pretty big log jam now on the front court as Zach Collins goes off the board. So I I didn't think that a lot of these guys were going to get back to me. Colin Sexton's fantasy game is weird, Um, but if you're needing points and can handle the turnovers at this late juncture, he should at least be on your board. There goes D'Lo. Emmanuel Quickly was really good down the stretch last season. The Knicks did add additional wing stuff in Dante DiVincenzo, so maybe life gets a little bit harder there. Um, But he's someone we should at least keep an eye on. Josh Hart is the Knick that should probably come off the board first, though. Malcolm Brogdon at 119, Keldon Johnson at 120. We've now finished up the 10th round, so we're humming along here. It's starting to get into a little bit of the gunky stuff, though. And what you want to do here when you get in the gunk is you want to dodge all the players that have no upside. Which, sorry, you guys know I've loved Al Horford for a long time, but with Christoph Porzingis in Boston, he's out. No thank you to Russ, no thank you to Schroeder. No thank you to Herb Jones, who's a steals specialist. That might have been useful for us if we still needed steals. There goes Conley. Uh, PJ, again, not with everybody, not with all the front court guys. Norm Powell, the upside there is if he's included in a trade for Harden. But otherwise, no. Kevin Herter was way over his head for so long last year, and then. You know, as the year went along, he slowly came back to earth and finished at number 90, but he was much worse than that the second half of the season. Uh, Herb Jones just went off the board, by the way, as did Tari Eason at 123 and 124. But we can keep scanning here to see if there's anything available. I'm going to throw KCP in the mix because he's sort of like a reliable 90-range dude, which, again, not a ton of upside. But if you've got a beat-up team like mine could be, you might need... A guy to give you 90 range. He's probably on and off the club. Obi Toppin is someone you could consider. Um, Kelly Olenek, I, I pre-John Collins trade, certainly had more appeal. I don't think his minutes are going to be all that great this year. Uh, Russell Westbrook and, and Jaden Ivey go 125 and 126. It's coming up on me now. Uh, a couple picks away. I've got enough names in my queue where I can keep floating through the board here. Christian Wood is someone you should consider, uh, particularly for games that LeBron or Anthony Davis sits out. Nurk, for all of his out-of-shapeness and not-wanting-to-playness, he'll be the starter, and if he can hit a free throw, he'll be inside the top 100, but yeah, it's a little bit of a crapshoot there, but you got to take that shot. Keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Um, huh. Bull. Bull goes 127. That's saucy. Not many guys down once you get into this chunk of the board here. Um, Kevin Herder goes 128. It's my turn now. I want to keep the draft going. I'm going to go Melton. He's a huge winner if Harden gets traded. I can't believe he's still out there at 129. Uh, other names to look at: in uh, Thompson in Houston. I, I'm not going to put him on my board because for me, I don't like a lot of the rookies. You're going to be sitting on until they kind of come around. Paul Reed at 130 was a smart one. I don't think we had gotten that far. Did I miss him? I might have scanned past him by accident. Steven Adams goes 131. Uh, Denny Avdia at 132. RJ Barrett at 133. Mason Plumley 134. Dennis Schroeder, 135. And it's back to me now. Um, I'm kind of looking at either Josh Hart, Nurk, or Christian Wood. I'm going to go Hart because I think there's the lowest chance he gets back to me in the next one, although Hart's role with DiVincenzo around is a little bit less secure. Now I'm just going to hope, really, among these guys in my queue that you guys can see, which is Sexton, Quickly, KCP, Toppin, Wood, and Nurkic. I'm hoping that Nurk or Wood or Toppin can roll back around to me in what will be the final round of this draft. Um... My guess is that it's not going to be all of them. I'll throw Dillon Wright on my board. I, you know, I don't know what his role is going to be at the beginning of the season, but he's worth keeping an eye on because he put up numbers in, you know, 22, 23 minutes, and the Wizards unloaded a lot. The question with Washington is how fast they lean into the youth thing. going to be like the first two weeks, or is it going to be like February? James Wiseman, 137. Al Horford, 138. Emmanuel Quickly, 139. I can see that some of the live viewers are like, all right, I've seen as much as I need to see. Good questions coming up in the chat room. There's been a lot of, uh, well, chatter over there, but I'm going to try to lightning round it because this mock, I don't want to sound disappointed that the mock is going all the way through 13, um, but I thought we'd be done a little quicker. So let's see. After Quickly at 139, Olinick 140. There goes Nurk at 141, so that's one of the, possible last pick targets Bogdan Bogdanovich goes 142 there isn't much else that I would do on the board I mean we're scrolling way the hell down here Nice, yeah I mean this is like you're in the real dregs I'm gonna throw uh I think I'm gonna throw the draft board back up there just so you guys can see what's been going on if you guys want to Take a screenshot or something like that. Here, we'll do the top. There's the top of the draft board. Now, we'll scroll down a little bit. Norman Powell, 143. Jeremy Sohan, 144. Not into that one at all, especially now that we heard that uh, Wemby is the starting power forward for the Spurs. So, that probably puts Keldon Johnson at the three, Vassell at the two, and Trey Jones at the one. Brandon Miller, 145. He's worth a flyer at the end of a draft. It's not going to be right out of the shoot, though. I love how Yahoo has these draft scout suggestions like, hey, don't you want to take Kevon Looney? No, I don't, actually. There's my guy there. P.J. Washington, that's actually a pretty good pick at 146. That's a you might as well. I probably should have put a star on him just to be like, oh, what if he's still there at 150? Slow-Mo's not going to get to do as much this year with Minnesota coming into the season healthy. Um, but he was very good once somebody got out of the way. So, you know, throw him on the, like, players you should watch on the first day of the season board. And if you're in a deeper mock, like a 15-rounder, he probably gets picked. Clinton Grimes, 147. Benedict Matherin, 148. A couple more here coming to me. Wood would be my, you know, I can rearrange my board so you guys can see what I would actually do. Christian Wood at the top. Slow-mo goes 140. Ah, there goes Wood at 150. So close. Gordon Hayward at 151. Um, My next one's either going to be Toppin or Sexton here. If they're still around, I guess one of the two will be. So I'm not going to need KCP or DeLon Wright, but, you know, those are some guys that were floating around that had some appeal. Kyle Lowry is there. That's a player you only draft if you think Dame... Uh, is not traded. Harrison Barnes goes 152, so it's, it's leaving me the option of Toppin or Sexton. I'll try to catch lightning in a bottle and go Obi Toppin. His fantasy profile is better than Colin Sexton's, who's really very points-heavy and almost nothing else. But maybe you need that at the end of a draft. So, uh... The Detroit Thompson, bro. He goes 154. KCP, 155. So he was someone that I had on the list. Now we can see who... uh Mr. Irrelevant is in a moment. And while we're doing that, let's flip on over and throw a couple of questions on the board. Let's see what we got here. Uh, QQ noted that Cade is is higher on the board now. Outside of really high rebounds, what else does Vooch really do for you? Feels more like a specialist, fine at 40, but wouldn't go higher. Um, Vooch was wonderful last year. He was number 26 per game because he was slightly above average in scoring. He was uh, better than average for a center at three-pointers, very good at rebounds, better than the average center at assists. Steals were uh, about, eh, actually a little better than the average center, but, but sub-average, Point seven blocks, you could do a little better. Good field goal percent at 52, good free throw at 84, and low turnovers. He's quite literally good at almost everything and great at rebounding something we always forget like you look at these guys and you're like well what do i he's not your build around guy if you're taking him in the fourth you don't need a guy who's great at three things or really good at two th- those guys the guys that are really really good at a couple of things in the fourth round and beyond are also awful at some stuff and that's why the value rolls out the way it does so just keep that in the back of your mind uh in that particular thing jeremy grant is on a tanking team though and blazers aren't scared to bottom out um Now, they kind of did bottom out a couple of times. I don't know how badly they want to go into full tank again, because they've kind of done it, like, one and a half of the last two years, and plus, young guys always like to, like, they're going to try to win at the beginning of this season. Eventually, they'll get wiped out, and so Jeremy Grant is, I think, a shutdown risk, but I don't care. I don't care no matter what league we're in, because in head-to-head, we're ending our leagues three weeks early, and in roto... You get to count whatever they do. And Jeremy Grant is going to be going buck wild for the first, like, four months of the season. And everybody—I think the thing is we start to worry about when shutdowns are going to hit. Um, it's, It's typically pretty late. This dude says he's rather Chris Middleton at that spot. I don't know. I'm a little worried that Chris Middleton's body is just falling apart. Magic got Anthony Black, Cole making progress, Jalen Suggs needs minutes, I don't trust Fultz is prioritized, uh, I think he's their best one, and I think, I don't think that the Magic are in full development mode right now, I think they want to make the playoffs, so we're, I think we're, and plus, I, Fultz is ahead of, of Cole Anthony anyway, at this point, and Suggs was better as the shooting guard, they, they're they going to play the best one, and right now the best one is Fultz. What's the thinking on Time Lord this year? He's still an injury risk, of course. Just curious. Yeah, I think they're going to be trying to keep him to about 20, 22 minutes, which probably puts him in the 90 range based on his sort of lower mobility lately. And that's fine, um, but I don't think it's going to be particularly exciting. Having watched a lot of John Collins next to Clint Capella, I have serious concerns about his fit next to Kessler. I wouldn't draft. I I disagree on this one. I think a lot of what we saw with Collins was that Atlanta de-emphasized him put him on the trade block for three years in a row, and finally he just had had enough. So I don't think it was the Clint Capella thing with Collins. I think it was just that his teammates didn't really trust him, and he didn't assert himself. And now he's going to a place where he has an opportunity to kind of assert a little bit, a wide-open offense in Utah, um, and a great percentages guy, which is, when you're a great percentages guy, it's really easy to climb the board because you don't need that much to do it. I mean, he was awful last year, and I still felt like he was like petering in the 100 range for a while anyway uh sleeper for me is i'm in thompson since kevin porter jr went postal yeah kpj bye bye you turd of a person um yeah that's fine i i think thompson you're gonna have to be okay with kind of sitting on him a little bit i don't think he's gonna come out of the gate and just play you know 27 28 minutes it's it's gonna be a little bit My struggle is having the 12th pick. I've had a couple of drafts where KD and AD are the top two picks of the turn. What should I do? Yeah, I think you kind of have to do it, man. It's pretty amazing that you can get two guys with top five per game upside and just pray that they get to, like, 62 ballgames apiece. Christian Wood might be the starting center uh, as season progresses due to scheme, I bet. Yeah, I don't... um, Yeah, it's a possibility. It is. Lakers... The one thing I would say with Ham is that he 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 does seem to prioritize kind of like a slow plotting start to games. Let everybody sort of get their wheels underneath them, and Wood would be the anti that as a as a poorer defender. I think you probably see the Lakers just go A D at the five to try to limit the other team at the start of a ball game. But yeah, I mean I guess you could see certain matchups where that happens. And that's, again, like, a lot of different reasons take a shot on Christian Wood, who you just hope becomes more efficient this year and wipes out some of the uh, the other stuff. Daryl says, I'd like to see the draft result screen occasionally. Yeah, I tried to throw it over there, man. I wonder if you popped in when it wasn't on it. Thoughts on picking Ant over Dame AD and Booker at 11. 14-teamer. Well, um... I mean, you could do it over Booker. I don't think I'd do it over Dame or AD. Uh, Certainly not over Anthony Davis. Mm, Dame right now, maybe just if only because we have no idea where he's going to be playing on opening night, but... Yeah, I did. I think Anton Booker probably are somewhat close in per game stats. So then you take him over Book for the durability, but Ad and Dame should be well ahead of him on a on a per game side, and that's probably where I, I typically lean. I was saying John Collins can't space the floor in the chat room. Yeah, I I, I just I don't I don't actually think that that's a hundred percent true. It really it was very much a, a chemistry thing. Like, they just, they stopped liking each other. He started this last season relatively well, and then they were just like, oh yeah, he's going to get traded again. Give it, a, give it a chance. It's not, if they were trying to sell you on fit, I, I, I think you're being sold a bill of goods. They've been trying to get out from under the John Collins contract for before they even signed it. <laughs> Atlanta, they got stuck signing the extension because they couldn't trade him or didn't get back with it. Or they got like an offer that they thought was too low, and then, When the CBA got rearranged, it actually turned out it would have been a really good one. Um, He's going to get a chance to rehabilitate his value. That's sort of what's going on in Utah right now. AD hates playing the five. He said so openly. Yeah, dude, he's been saying that for four years, but guess what he did all of last season? Played the five exclusively every day forever. He's said that so many times at this point. He's going to play the five a lot because that's when the Lakers are at their best. Christian Wood... Jackson Hayes, these guys are in there to spell him. But he's not going to be the full-time power forward because that would push LeBron down to the three where that old king cannot hang anymore. LeBron needs to be at the four a lot. And AD is going to need to be at the five a lot. And they'll stagger it. And that's when you'll get other guys playing the five when AD can slide down and be the four on offense, basically. And rim protector on defense, but also kind of a rover, that kind of thing. I don't know what this question means. I My apologies. That one was over my head. It was a question that I think might be for another sport, perhaps. Yeah, LeBron, <laughs> LeBron played the five. He needs five. Yeah, LeBron at the five was awesome. That was two years ago. He put up those absurd defensive stats, but they don't want to do that either. That'll wear his ass out. All right, this thing went longer than I expected. Thanks for all the questions, guys. That was fun. We had a lot going on with this mock, and it went the whole way through. Unbelievable, man. There's the draft results on your screen. Uh, Best that I can do with them. We'll scroll up to the top. If anybody missed the beginning, you guys can check that out. Like and subscribe on your way out. Much love. Back later today, we'll break down the Yahoo rearranged pre-rank board. Yeah. They're screwing with us now, but we're going to be ready for it. And there's me. I'm at Dan Vesperus on Twitter. I'll see you guys over there. Again, like, subscribe, like, subscribe, and go check out a fantasy pass at sportsethos.com blue until the afternoon. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks?